Americas, live and underway here on ESPN Plus from Doha. Take a look at Ahmad bin Ali Stadium, where the proceedings just wrapped up between Canada and Belgium. I, I wish our viewers could have gotten a, a view of uh, producer Beto right there, fist pumping. <laughs> like Tiger Woods in there. Yeah. Huh? We know he's a, we do know he's a golf guy. Uh, look, we got a lot coming up in this show. Uh, of course, we're going to be talking about the Canada game that just wrapped up. Costa Rica and Spain, Ooh. a shocking, maybe not a shocking result, but a shocking scoreline there for sure, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't, you didn't see seven. <laughs> no, I mean, I saw a Costa Rica defeat, but yeah. not seven. Not on Keylor. Not like that. No, uh, senor. Juan Carlos Osorio will be joining us a little bit later on. We're going to do a tactic session on the U.S. men's national team, talking a little bit about the game against Wales, but also spinning it forward okay. uh, to the match against England. And we'll have more reaction to Mexico's scoreless draw against Poland, including a bunch, Herc, of memo memes. But let's start with Canada, oh, uh, who just fell 1-0 against Belgium in Group F. Herc, your opening thoughts on the game? I thought it was a John Herdman masterpiece. Really? Yes. John Herdman is the best coach in CONCACAF, and what he does so well is he takes away what you are good at. He makes you pay for it. When they played Mexico in the Azteca, mm -hmm. He took away the ball. He made it a physical game. He made them run with Canada and Mexico couldn't. When he played the United States men's national team in Nashville, he gave them the ball. He sat in a low block and he said, you're not good enough with the ball. You're not great enough in the final third. Let me pick you apart in transition. Today, he made it a physical battle and he outworked, outran, and out just everything. Belgium, they were better on the ball. They created more opportunities in the so first 14 the minutes. In the first 14 minutes, it was seven to one in attempts at goal. Okay, at so goal. it's a 90 minute game. How did they lose oh, the game? Oh, look at this genius. Look at this genius. Is it 90 minutes, Seb? But if you score more, do you win the game? Yes. Oh, look, that's how they lost the game. If that's the type of response you want, that's how they lost the game because they missed the penalty kick mm. when they should have made it. They didn't get in the penalty it called for them when they should have had it. Mm -hmm. And in the only chance Belgium had, they made him pay for it. That's how you miss. That's how you miss the game. That's how you lose this game. Vittori misjudges the ball. It comes down. And in the only chance Belgium had, they took advantage of it right before half. And yet, Belgium couldn't figure Canada out. Belgium were chasing shadows. They made this Belgium team the number two ranked team in the world, according to FIFA, yeah. look old and slow. The first half of this game made me think a lot about the USA-Wales game, right? You, you saw Canada just kind of dominating Belgium. You had that feeling, right? In a way, and I was wondering, is, is Canada going to be able to keep this up, you know, into the second half? I think Belgium came to life, for sure. We got to give they them they were, they were better as the game wore on. But it was not like USA-Wales, where it was a tale of, of, of two halves. Of one team dominating yeah, one yeah. half and the other dominating uh, in the second half. One thing that I thought was really telling about this game, Belgium has the lead at the half. It's not John Herdman that's making the changes, right? It's Roberto Martinez that's making Puts the changes. In another six. He makes two yeah. changes at the half. He takes off two attacking players for two much more defensive players. Was that him trying to hold the lead, or is that him adjusting to the disastrous first half? Disastrous first half. Okay. That's him saying they're coming right down right. the middle. Because a manager who makes two changes at the half is saying, hey, whatever happened in that open 45. Brain, like, how much did he touch the ball in the first half? I mean, none. none. And when he did, he made the wrong none. decisions. And he had a couple really looked, clear he chances. He looked yeah. today like he off. was out of his element. He looked off. That said, the one player for Canada that looked off was surprisingly Alfonso Davies. Mm. 
Mm. He wasn't at his best. And maybe that's understandable. He's coming back from injury. He wants to do maybe a little too much. He misses the penalty kick. His confidence is shaken. But everybody else, Tejon Buchanan, a menace. You talk about a player whose stock goes up, that's mm -hmm. Tejon. Uh, Richie Larea, very good. Uh, Jonathan David controlling the ball. Uh, the, the two center backs, and, and I know Vittori had that missed judged ball in the first half that cost him the goal but other than that they were so good just just stifling uh, stifling defense just putting out fires before mm -hmm. they start very good in transition they did everything but score the goal and that's the most important thing in football yeah you used the word contundente like they weren't clinical in their no, finishing they weren't clinical uh when we were talking about it before before the game ended but i think we also have to point out that one of the big areas where belgium has an advantage not just over canada right but over everybody in the world is in goal thibaut courtois is at real madrid for a guy. reason he's yeah. he's sick in cleats he must be six foot eight i mean there's really almost nothing to shoot at and um I think that position right there you can point out in this game as the difference, right? Yeah. Canada created very dangerous opportunities. Courtois made some big saves. And I thought uh, on the one goal that Belgium scores, Michi Batshuayi, maybe Milan Borjan could have done more there. It's a good finish for Batshuayi. I don't know, I don't know if he could have done more. It's very difficult when you're going one way and they finish the other. Uh, you don't see it coming like that. I thought it was more on Vittori misjudging. Okay. I was talking to our colleague Natum Onoue, who, who's a center back by nature and you know, his time. Uh, in his playing career, and that's on the center back. You think it's maybe there, and then it surpasses you, and it's a 1v1 opportunity that he's very well with to finish. Um, but going back to Courtois, mm -hmm. it's, Courtois is not only one of the best goalkeepers in the world, but he happens to be the best goalkeeper in this World Cup. Right. You're, think about who else is in this World Cup that you could say is the best goalkeeper. It's probably between him and Neuer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who yeah. else? No, I, I Allison's a good shout, yeah. producer. I, I that, that's who, that, and actually, that's who I said. Well, Brazil's got two good goalkeepers, sure. but if I had to pick one, I would go with Courtois. Uh, any blame on the refs here from a Canadian perspective? I don't like shifting blames, okay. not blaming on the refs. What the ref, did you think me. of the officiating? I thought Richie Larea. I thought Richie Larea was fouled. Okay. And in the event of, hey, here is VAR. Go and look at it. I, I thought there was enough or sufficient evidence to right. call a penalty kick. So on that it was play. interesting, Bitzel, right? takes him down. So the, we'll get to the, the penalty kick specifically with Davies versus Courtois in just a second. But in that instance, there's a handball in the box. Uh, VAR sees it and calls the ref over to the monitor. Handball for you, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah no doubt. Very handball. clearly. Okay. Carrasco, right? I think it's the yeah. guilty party. Uh, but then just before the 40th minute, Canada has this other penalty shout. There is a, a penalty check, but the referee doesn't go to the monitor. Right. I mean, that... Or maybe he's not advised to go to the monitor. Yes, but I, I think... Especially in a subjective situation like that, right? A handball, you fine. You send him over to look at the handball. That was, that's objectively a handball, right? There's right. no debate there. I think with Larea uh, and Axel Witzel, there is a debate. It's a foul or, or a challenge in the box. The referee is the a one that needs one to that. see that, yes, right? Absolutely. He's the one that needs to see that. You, for you, it was a penalty, stone cold. Stone cold penalty, really? 100%, yeah. Mm. I don't think there's any question about it in real time. And then when you slow it down, I think there's even more evidence towards it. There's there's an obvious contact there. And I know there's this narrative that well, it's accidental. Their feet got tangled. That's not how the rules apply. Yeah, it doesn't matter it doesn't, what you meant hey, to do. Hey, sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. It was an accident. My bad. Don't worry about it. No foul. It's a foul. There's contact. Exactly. It's not like a, if you're playing 
playing in football in the NFL and there's accidental contact or any of that stuff? Uh, look, it was Canada's first World Cup game in 36 years. Uh, obviously, it's, it's disappointing to lose, but there's some history here as well. Atiba Hutchison. Yeah. Can we give him some love? Uh, as I've got it here, is the oldest outfield starter. What, 39 years old? Uh, in World Cup history at that 39 years old. And, and I think this was his 100th cap for Canada. So wow. imagine, your what? 100th cap is also your World Cup debut. You got your country back on the biggest stage. I can only think of one play where I thought he misplayed the play mm -hmm. or he was caught, and that's the first half when Kevin De Bruyne actually came alive and he had this darting run, maybe 30, 40 yards, and he misplays the ball. He had somebody on the right. He doesn't play. He tries uh, finding his nine. It doesn't work out. That's the only play I could say Atiba got caught in. Everything else, he was flawless. Everything else, he was very good. Especially, especially knowing you have to protect those two center backs that if you think, all right, where can you hurt Canada? It's probably at pace with those two center backs. That wasn't the case. He was brilliant. If the U.S. ran out of steam, why didn't Canada? It's just a very well-worked team. They obviously, know who it's not they they're are. just in better shape, right? No, but, but they know who they are. Exactly. Okay. I mean, they're so well coached. Mm -hmm. They're so difficult to play against. It's not just they, they, they're a spirited team. Hey, they're a fit team. They're well worked. John Herdman knows exactly who he has at his disposal, and they know exactly who John Herdman is and what they are supposed to do. There are no breakdowns in their play. Even when, at times, Belgium was able to break that press that they were so good at it. And this is what I love about Canada. They can play you Many different ways. Yeah. Many like you would ways. think of them as a team. I think people would think of an underdog team. Hey, we're going to sit back, especially with counter. The, sit back and counter, right? Because that's how they're built. I mean, they have two great wide Is players. Is that how they're built? No, no. I, if no, you no, look at the on that's a common, paper. That's a common, exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you got, you got wide players who are very, very fast. They mm -hmm. should be good in transition, right? right? You've got finishers who are, again, at the CONCACAF level, very clinical. That would set up to me to be like, oh, this is going to be a sit and counter team. And yet when they're at their best is when they go into a World Cup against a talented team like Belgium, into Azteca, into Nashville against the United States, and they punch you right in the mouth. So did you notice where... They have no fear. No, they have absolutely, absolutely no fear. Absolutely no fear. Um, did you notice where Alfonso Davies started today? Where? When Alfonso Davies, nor Davies excuse me, normally plays for the Canadian mm -hmm. national team, it's an attacking midfielder role. Right. Or it's it's, higher, up the it's higher up the field. Yeah. The winger, but he's higher up the field. Mm -hmm. He was in a line of five as a wingback today. They wanted to take away that element of speed that Belgium has on their right-hand mm -hmm. side, and they took it away, and Belgium had no response of how to break them down with pace. And it was very predictable, and all of a sudden Canada had the ball, and Canada were dictating the pace of the game that is too much. Now, I, I thought Canada was going to win this game mm -hmm. beforehand. I thought they were going to shock Belgium because I knew they would make Belgium look old, a like little you said, older. Yeah. A little you older. always say it, right? The international game is for the young, and, and that's the and I had, between these And two I had teams. Belgium as my uh, World Cup um, that's let, down, let, let down. down. Yeah. So I thought Canada was surprised. I didn't think they would dominate. Yeah. Belgium this way. I mean, they opened the world's eyes to what Belgium is today. If you play against them in a physical manner and if you take the ball away from them and if you make them play your game, but also who Canada is and who they can be because a lot of people out there are going to watch Canada and be like, wow, spirited bunch, they're, they're fast. But John Herdman can make them play so many different ways, and that's what I love about this Canadian team. He really is the best coach in CONCACAF. Do you feel Canada was unlucky today? I hate the term luck because okay. you generate that. But but you you have to feel for a team that played so well 
against such a yep. renowned opponent and it has an opportunity via the penalty kick to go up and it's your best player taking it and he misses. Yeah. And then you have another opportunity on a penalty that's not called and then you have chances yeah. and you still dominate. When most teams mentally would have let down, they did not. Unlucky, sure, you could say that and you feel for him. Yeah, do you know why I asked unlucky? Why? Do you believe in curses? I do not. Have you heard of the Drake curse? Ah, uh, come on, man. Do you know what was playing in the stadium before the game kicked off? We started, we started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah, that's Drake. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. They, there was a picture circulating in Drake in a... In a I'm just saying. Let's know, get to the moment the, of the, the match right sure. here. It was, uh, what, just about 10 minutes in. Alfonso Davies steps up to the penalty spot against Thibaut Courtois. And Courtois makes the save. Should Alfonso Davies have been the guy taking this penalty? Two trains, two trains of thoughts on this, right? Uh, the first one is your most experienced player steps up and you hits it. I can think of few players that are, are more Are you saying experienced. most experienced at big stage? Because he's not the most experienced big guy on the big team. Big stage. Okay. The nerves. Okay. The nerves. Okay. Big stage. That would be Alfonso Davies. Nobody has a Champions League under their belt. Like, nobody That's had, totally no, fair. Nobody's a bona fide starter on one of the best teams in the world like Alfonso Other Davies. guys have more international experience, though. Other guys have more club experience. They all have the same World Cup experience. That's, that's just a fact, right? So we'll go from there. And the other is you take the guy who's best informed and more, most confident. Mm. Alfonso Davies has been injured. Yes. Alfonso and Davies was a doubt is, coming into and this was a game. doubt coming into this game. He's also one of the younger players, even though he has that experience. It's everybody's first World Cup here for Canada. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's a reality. Canada has yet to score a World Cup goal. Yep. He wants that honor. He wants that bestowed upon him. It's probably his. He's the most famous Canadian player, bar none, but there's that, ever been. Right, but is that... A deciding factor for a coach? Like, oh, you're our guy. You're our poster boy. The best penalty taker should take it, right? Who knows if that's the best penalty kick taker. But what I'm saying is I don't fault Alfonso Davies for being the one. No, I don't fault him for stepping up. You want that in your poster boy, right? But I would just assume that... Because the reality is nobody knows who the best penalty kick taker is but those guys on the field. But the Canadian national team. So if Alfonso Davies doesn't take it and somebody else misses, you're saying, yeah. why isn't it Alfonso Davies right. the best you're player? You're totally right. Yeah. Um, am I... Am I Crazy, uh, yes. Uh, am, I, <laughs> am I crazy to think like, or I just had a, a vibe when he stepped up like, and I know he doesn't play necessarily in a defensive role for Canada, but he's, he's, he's a defender kind of at, at heart in terms of his club role with Bayern Munich, where obviously he doesn't take the penalties there. Statistically, if you look back at Canada's recent penalties, I know he's missed some of those big games, but I think of their last 10, including this one, he'd only taken three. So they have other guys who are right. capable of taking and converting. There's only one other player it I would have been comfortable with. Who? Jonathan David. Yeah, that's, that was and, my and, thought. And, and, and not and just honestly, because I had honestly, plus 390 and honestly, any time score. It would have probably been a stock you if it wasn't an, uh, um, Alfonso okay. Davies. But the one that I would feel comfortable with is Jonathan David. How, how many teams have you been on where a defensive player was the guy that took the penalties? Is, a few I, teams. That felt rare for me. A few teams. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah a few teams. But, but it's rare, right? But he's not really a defensive aren't player. Most, aren't strikers mostly the best penalty takers? Well, they're the ones who most want to take the penalty because it's the goal, right? You want to get yourself going with the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you want Alfonso Davies to get going. You, want, you want your that. best player to that. have a good tournament. And, and, and Alfonso Davies, I think he didn't have his greatest game, and I think it's more rhythm. Okay. It's more him coming off that injury. And then when he misses the penalty kick, I think then it becomes confidence. Then really? you see him miss, making Did mistakes you, he normally wouldn't make. You said, you said Canada's level didn't drop after the penalty, and I no. agree with that. I was impressed. Did you feel like Davies' level was impacted? I, I did. Mm. I did. I, I think it got to him a bit mentally. And how can it not? It's, hey, we've heard from Poland's coach. It got to Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's such an important part to Canada's 
formation and the way they play and the, and the way, you know, they tick. Mm -hmm. um, so could you imagine what it would have been like with an in-form Alfonso Davies running on all cylinders? Mm -hmm. I mean, this could have been very ugly for Belgium. Belgium did what they needed to do at the end of the day. They, they got their win. But Roberto Martinez is going to be very upset at the way this game played out. Honestly. Right. His team did He's not look like Canada one of the favorites. Maybe you don't want to say Canada were unlucky. Roberto Martinez has to be feeling lucky. Very right? lucky. He's got to be feeling If very you're Roberto lucky. Martinez, you are counting your lucky stars. Yeah. You are praying to whomever you, you pray worship. To. <laughs> you, know, you pray to. And thanking them for what they just bestowed upon you because that was total domination by a Canadian national team that was nowhere near the world's map in football. Yeah. So the stat is well documented, right? If you lose the first game of your World Cup, 89% of the time you're going home. Yeah. This is a loss for Canada. You it can't is. deny that. But it's a loss where you say, man, um, this team is good. Are their World Cup hopes still alive? Oh, absolutely. Really? Even, yeah. I mean, you think, you think they're going to be in that 1 in 10 team that loses the first game and still gets out? Yeah, well, after watching Morocco, and, and especially because they tied Morocco that and That result is the res huge. The result is yeah. huge, but also the way that they both showed you they played, mm -hmm. you got to be feeling pretty good if you're Canada. you got to be saying, Croatia, if they play at that pace, okay, we can do this. We can not only hang with them, we, we can beat Croatia. And Morocco, <laughs> I think they could beat Morocco as well. Uh, I think Canada's chances of advancing in this group because of the Morocco and Croatia result, mm -hmm are still in their hands and very favorable. Now, that's assuming you play the same way you just played against right. the number two team ranked in the world. One of the things that I think we talked about during the qualifying campaign about this Canadian team is that as good as they are in that kind of top 11, maybe they're not as deep as, obviously the best teams in the world, but even right. some of the best teams in CONCACAF. Does that concern you about them maybe being able to maintain this level? I think the schedule is next is Croatia, third game Morocco. Yes. Because I, I just want to put into teams. okay, but I want to put into context just how They're much energy you're they right. must no, have you're expended right. today. You're right, and I remember. <laughs> Can you do that three games in a row? As I was watching this game, I looked over and spoke to somebody about that. When you go to the bench, you automatically assume Kyle Laren. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can't really maintain the same up tempo pressure with mm -hmm. a Kyle Laren. Jonathan Osorio, he's going to give you different things. Composure on the ball, vision, but it's not exactly that game-changing speed. You really are shifting the makeup, the dynamic of the team when you go to the bench, for better or worse. There are different things you can do with that, but it's not the same way you press. It's not the same way you go at It's not the same danger knowing you have Buchanan, Davies, Jonathan, David. Mm. Okay? Estacchio kind of dictating that play and where it goes. It's not the same when that depth gets tested. Croatia or Morocco, who do you think is more accessible? I hate that it's Croatia next. Accessible? Yeah, for Canada. Croatia. Really? But more because so of the than speed. Morocco. Yeah, because of the speed. Because they're an older team? Yeah, yeah, just because of what I just saw from Belgium, I expect yeah. something similar from Croatia. Mm. Uh, absolutely. Bel Bel Belgium is one of the most talented teams in the world. Canada just did that to one of the most talented teams in the world. They look so off, Belgium. It was, it was like... You know me. <laughs> yeah. How long have I been talking about Canada doing this to Belgium? Yeah, you've been saying it for a while. You've been saying it for a while. I just didn't expect it to, A, be as overwhelming as it was. I mean, you know the term sixes and sevens. That's what Belgium felt like. You've and been I, working with the FC. I don't. <laughs> and, and I didn't expect it to last as long as it did. Okay, True. 15, 20 no, minutes. You're right, you it was you're right, because I didn't expect the domination to be so amplio, so so just one-sided in long stretches of this game. And listen, there are people here going to say at the end, they're going to be telling you, so what? They still lost. Mm -hmm. They didn't dominate the most important thing. They still lost. Yeah, but Canada just...
just turn some heads, just open some eyes, and I think maybe their own. I yeah. think maybe themselves. Now they can believe more. So Belgium sits atop the group, Croatia and Morocco, even on a point. Kenda obviously last, and the computers say Kenda with now just a 26% chance to advance out of group F. More action from today at the World Cup. Costa Rica opening up against Spain in Group E action. And this one, Herc, over before it started. Spain were up 3-0 in the first half hour. They added four more in the second half for a final score of 7-0. For Spain, there were six different goal scores. Ferran Torres, the only player to find the back of the net twice as he had a brace. The numbers in this, Herc, were simply overwhelming. Not just the 7-0, right? Spain with 81.3% wow. possession. That's the most in a World Cup game since 1966. Beyond that, Costa Rica is just the second team since 1966 not to register a single shot in a World Cup match. That is not a single shot on goal. That is a single shot Period. Look Hurt. at the passes completed by Spain. Holy mackerel. Nine to one almost. There were a lot of problems in this one for Costa Rica. What was the biggest? Uh, Luis Fernando Suarez. The manager? The manager. The biggest problem. Okay. And not only are you going against an evident talent level, because a CONCACAF team and a limited one at that, mm -hmm. let's be honest, versus one of the best teams in this tournament yeah, that we was could already just say favored. Costa Rica and Spain, right? Spain is a. Very but when team. that's the case, you have to help your team out. The way they started the game, a, a four-man back line, and Duarte as one of the center backs, who was abysmal, so bad he was taken out at half, over Kendall Watson, who was your legitimate starter for the majority of your World Cup qualifying campaign, where you were one of the best defensive teams in CONCACAF. And then you start Bennett, who's, I believe, 18 years old, Sunderland player, who's only got like nine games. Joel Campbell on the wing. Contreras as your nine. Just everything was different. You experimented at the wrong time. And then when you want to shift and do things the right way, you put Kendall Watson in. Will that stabilize things a little? Sure. But it's Brian Ruiz you put it in. Like, Brian, I, I think he's older than me. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> no, no, I'm, being, I'm being honest. Yeah. It's you don't give your team enough solutions. Yeah. You, he didn't give a chance. You don't like. give your team a chance. Kendall Watson comes in. Yes, the scoreline indicates that it didn't get better, but you're already chasing the game. From the get-go, they turn into a line of five. Things get somewhat a little bit stabilized, but it's still one of the best teams in the world. You're playing against some of the youngest players, uh, most exciting young players in the world, and it, it shows you. And just one after the other, and the mistakes keep coming with some of Costa Rica's most experienced players. I got three things written down here for I biggest know problem Go ahead. Uh, for Costa Rica. One is age, yes. right? A lot of that I base again. On, but they on had some young players on the squad today. Yeah, it the right back was 23, Bennett's 18. Totally. You know, they, they've got, they had some youth as well. Um, I got major 2018 Panama vibes from this team, right? That A, they're old, and B, they are here because of the, the relative weakness of CONCACAF, sure. right? To, yeah. to me, Costa Rica... The four was, best teams obviously made it. There was uh, The four best teams in CONCACAF obviously made it. There was no fight for it. But know. to me, there was a big gap. I know not in points, but there was a gap between the top three and Costa Rica. And I think when there's a gap between you and the top three in CONCACAF, when you then get to the actual elite of the international level, you will get exposed. You know what? I don't know if the, the gap... In, in Let's also be honest. Who did they get in the international playoff? They got New Zealand, and they right. barely got through there. Had they drawn Conmebol? I don't think they're here. Had they, drawn, had they can, drawn Australia? Can I, can I, I give you this food for thought? I, I don't think it's the gap is as big as you're saying in terms of level. 
I think it's in terms of ceiling. And that's that's explain that difference to me. So so level is like on their so level is what they've shown you throughout. Ceiling is how what good they can of what they're capable forward, of right. going okay. forward. And I think that's where the gap is between Costa Rica because Costa Rica in the second half of World Cup qualifying mm -hmm. were probably the best team in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. Think about it. Yep. Think had, about it. And they had to. They, they had to. They only be, lost, they I believe, two start. points. You know, they, they were that good and they had to be. Um, I just didn't expect certain performances from certain players. Let me, let me, let me go there because the third thing I have written down is Kaler. Yeah, that's, uh, that's there, where I wanted to go. There were a couple shots where you're like, oh, the Kaler Navas of old saves that. And then I go back. Zero minutes for PSG this season across all comps. His last start for PSG. May of this year in a game the PSG won five nothing, so he probably didn't even get any action then. I mean, we saw rust from Kaylor Navas, didn't we? Yeah, Kaylor Navas, and I've said it before, is the most disrespected footballer of our generation. Mm -hmm. And the moment that Donnarumma goes to PSG, you're asking yourself why? Yeah. Why does Kaylor Navas honestly keep when getting Courtois goes to Real Madrid? Over? Right? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Courtois Why do they keep overlooking Kaylor Navas? And he doesn't play now for PSG, and that has affected him mentally. That has affected his form, and you could see it in the Asensio goal. It's it's a it's a shot that's easily saveable for a, for a player of Kaylor Navas. Elite goalies make that save. Not only elite level, but history. Right. He's proven it time and time again. He has to make that save. He doesn't, and it wasn't just wasn't that one. He looked rusty throughout. Him not playing for PSC has truly affected his psyche. Is is he partially to blame for that? Because I go back and think of the last month, few months of this show, and how many different we players that we talked about who were going to make a change in their club situation specifically for playing time ahead of this World Cup. He didn't or couldn't make that move, and I think it's cost him here. I think as he looks back on this World Cup, there may be some regrets for not getting out of PSG. For my money, one of the best goalkeepers of our generation, the best goalkeeper in CONCACAF history. Um, but in a situation today where in 2014 his play elevated his team, mm -hmm. it sunk Costa Rica today. When you see your best player, in theory, mm -hmm. having that type of shocker, you're thinking, oh, it's not our day. And Kaylor has been everything but that for Costa Rica. It, he tweeted before the game it was going to be a historic performance. It, it really was. <laughs> yeah. It was, for, but just not in a good way. Not in a good way for Costa Rica. All right, so I'll ask you the same question about Costa Rica that I asked you about Canada. The stat is very clear, 89%. If you lose the first game, you're going home. This is just one loss. Is Costa Rica's World Cup over? Yes, it's over. <laughs> I mean, because you, you have to put in perspective how the group has played out and what has happened. Japan yeah. just surprised the world by beating hey, but Germany. Even if Japan hadn't beat Germany, when you lose seven nothing, like you ain't bouncing back from that, right? It's very difficult to bounce back yeah. from that. Just just in the mental aspect mm -hmm. of the game. You know, how can you get your psyche right to get your players right to get certain results? But when you look at how complicated this group is, yes. when in theory you had two teams that could potentially win the World Cup, and I'm thinking Germany and Spain. Right. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. And it's Japan who beats Germany. And you're still thinking Germany could still get out of this group. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Costa Rica doesn't want any part of Germany But now right you're now. thinking, Japan could be that second team or even that first team. Yeah. So now what, where does that leave Costa Rica? It, it's over. Yeah. 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 I don't see how they – they've not shown us anything at any moment within that game mm -hmm. versus Spain for you to feel, hey, there's something here they can build on. I know most of your career was very successful. Surely you must have been in a dressing yes. uh, Surely you must have been in a dressing room once or twice in your life after a five, six, seven, nothing. No. Uh, no. What's uh, it like? Maybe. What's it like and, and you know, what is said? Uh, you never went through it at a World Cup, but I, yeah, I'm sure I'm you, trying to think if we had a high-profile... A high-profile blowout? 
Not like that. Not something that meant so much. Because you think, you know, you could play friendlies when you're the U with the U.S. Men's National Team and you lose to Brazil like 4-1, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not the same feeling. It's not that gutting feeling. The, the only thing I could equate it to is when we covered Mexico and Mexico lost 7-0 to Chile. Mm. And, and just talking to the players who were part of that team, talking to Juan Carlos Osorio about that sinking feeling, about not knowing what to do. What, you, what can you do? What can you tell your players? How can you help them? Do you stop the bleeding? Or do you try to go for it? Do you try to get something out of it? It's got to be a mixed bag of emotions if you're Costa Rica because you know you lost to a better team, but you know you're capable of much, much more, mm. even if you can't prove it. You mentioned the other results uh, in Group E. Let's show you the images from what was a fantastic, fantastic game between Japan and Germany. The Germans actually went ahead through an Ilke Gundawan penalty, but Japan storming back with two goals in the second half. Ritsu Don and Takuma Asano scoring eight minutes apart to rally Japan from behind in a game and a victory that for the Japanese, Herc, I think everybody will say was fully, fully deserved. Yeah, that touch by Asano was ridiculous. I mean, the ability to bring that down in stride and then Get in front of your defender, make sure you cut that angle so he could only trip you up, cause a penalty kick, or he has to let you go, which was the case. And then the wherewithal to just roof that near post, almost like Landon Donovan versus Slovenia, Slovenia for those of you who remember the 2010 World Cup. It, it was a brilliant goal. It makes the 2-0 loss against Japan back in September a little more palatable, doesn't it? For the U.S. men's national team? Yeah. Good luck, Chuck. <laughs> I mean, Saudi Arabia and and Japan, yep. you know, both terrible performances for the U.S. Men's National Team, and you saw what Saudi Arabia was capable of versus Argentina, you saw what this Japan team just did to Germany. And maybe you don't feel too bad about it. I'm sure U.S. fans will have, uh, regardless, something to complain about because that's what we do. The uh, Japan upset what historic as they knocked off the four-time World Cup winner. So where is Group E after the first day of action? Spain looking really good according to both the computers and odds makers to advance. So is Japan. Germany got some work to do in Costa Rica. The computers giving Los Ticos just a 2% chance to advance. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
How about the U.S. men's national team, Herc? 48 hours removed from the 1-1 draw against Wales and 48 hours from the showdown against England. The U.S. training behind closed doors at Al Garafa Stadium. No new injuries to report. Uh, all players available for selection on Wednesday, according to a uh, U.S. soccer spokesperson. Let's hear from some of the American players. We got Matt Turner and Cameron Carter-Vickers. I think it's pretty clear. Um, he's one of the young stars of, of world football. Um, you know, he's a, he's a top, top player, and I think you don't need me to tell anybody on our team how much of a threat that he poses in the game. Um, he's scoring goals in a variety of ways. Um, he's, he's really developed, uh, matured, he's gotten stronger. Um, from what I understand, I've only worked with him for a few months, but um, I'm looking forward to playing against familiar faces. Um, and again, I think he's, he's a really, really good player that can, that can change any game that he takes part in. Um, you know, I mean, I think it'll be difficult. Um, he's a top player. Uh, you know, they got a squad full of top players, so I think we all know that we have to be um, putting one of our best performances to beat them. Um, but, you know, that's what we're preparing to do, and, and hopefully we'll do that. All right, so Matt Turner talking about Bukayo Saka, his yeah. Arsenal teammate there. Cameron Carter-Vickers speaking about Harry Kane. Now there's some news out of the England camp. Uh, Kane yesterday going for a scan on his right ankle. Today, reports are that he did train. So it doesn't sound like maybe it'll cost him at least too much time here at the World Cup. Maybe it could cost him some minutes against the United States. As you look at that English attack, is Harry Kane actually the guy that, that worries you most, or is it maybe somebody like Saka? Well... From a U.S. perspective. But Kaiosaka scored two goals. Yep. So you're thinking you have to worry a lot about him. Harry but Kane had two assists. Harry Kane had two assists. He makes the team tick. Mm. He, he is the heart of that team. He, he really, as Harry Kane comes and goes, so does that English side. They're a much better team when he's on the field. So by all accounts, if he's not on the field, that increases your chances. He, he's one of the best nines in the world. And he's such a creative nine. A la Karim Benzema. He can make the team tick without scoring goals. He doesn't just contribute with his goals, even though he's a goal scorer. What about Saka? How do you see him matching up against the American defense? Oh, it's just a, such a scary player. Yeah. He can hurt you in so many different ways. 1v1 combining. He's young. He's naive in that, in that way that he's not frightened of things, not scared of things. Yet, being so young, he's already got experience in major tournaments. The attention and everything comes with being a team like Arsenal, being in a team like England. Uh, European championships, European the pressure of the, the, pressure of the yeah. penalty is just unfazed at this point. And coming off two goals, he's certainly going to be confident. Um, if Kane can't go, it's probably Callum Wilson. There's obviously a, a huge drop. Callum had, Wilson's a good player. Who had uh, one assist. <laughs> yeah, he had an assist in the, in the minutes that he came it, on. So one ball terrible. touched and an assist. So uh, pick your poison. Look, the U.S. men's national team, um, We'll worry about Kane, and we'll try to occupy Kane. But I can't be solely focused on Kane because there's so many different players on the English national team that can hurt you. Either starting or coming off the bench, it's pick your poison. They're a, a team that's ridiculously fast in 1v1 situations, a team that can break on you and turn the game on its head at any given uh, notice, and a team that has some of the best players in the world, and certainly right now a tournament favorite. Yeah. Uh, one more bit of news about England. Harry Maguire also training today. Remember, he came off great uh, news. in the game against uh, Iran. Great Cameron Carter-Vickers was obviously talking. The <laughs> Look at you. What? That was sarcastic? No, that's great news. Great news for who? For both. I'm sure <laughs> it'd be great news for you because Darren, Darren Southgate's going to want him available, uh -huh. and I'm sure the U.S. men's national team is going to want him available there. as well. He's a, he's a center back that's more technical than he is physical, 
and you could probably exploit uh, in transition. Uh, all right, uh, one quick note. Of course, you heard from Cameron Carter-Vickers there. He was born and raised in England, so uh, maybe he gets some minutes uh, against his native land. How did the United States do against Gareth Bale? Well, looks pretty good on paper until you consider the final moments of that USA-Wales game when Bale smashed home a penalty to draw things level at one. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, enough hot air. Time to turn up the tactics here on Football Americas. That's why we bring El Profe, Juan Carlos Osorio. Great to have you with us. Uh, we had you take a look back. Wind the videotape back on the United States and Wales. Tactically, what did you like about what the United States did in their World Cup opener? Well, there are uh, the term intensity, mm -hmm. and you can measure it in two aspects. One, when you are in possession of the ball, and the other part, when you don't have the ball. And I think in the first half, both sides, uh, both parts were, were well done by the, the, the U.S. team. The first part, the, the intensity on having the ball has to do with the, 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 the player position that dictates the tempo. And I think it was Adams, number four. Tyler Adams, mm -hmm. yeah, he plays the six. Uh -huh. Yeah, and if you add the, 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 the fact that he had some time on the ball so he can wait his options and he can not only uh, decide on what's the pass, the next pass, but he can also probably pass it, receive it, and go on the other side. So that was one of the biggest part. And he was very well complemented by the other two midfielders. And the one thing that they did was there was a triangle. He played on his own, and then the other two played in a the diagonal, diagonal to his position. So he, he, will always, he, he will always have the chance to go one pass back and hit it on the other side or repeat that pass with the idea of bringing the team to one side and take the ball off to the other side. Mm. In the second part, I don't know why they, did it, they, they, they didn't do it as, as long as I thought they, they could. And the other part was they have in the first half, the Americans have very good high pressure. The, the, guy, the guy that leads the pressure went always for the ball. And if the ball went to the goalkeeper, he went with the goalkeeper. When you do that, you're basically marking 10 players, 11 
because your goalkeeper cannot mark anybody, right? So you have to decide what is the free man on the other team. And I thought that they initially they did it very well because it could be that if the, if the goalkeeper is a right-footed, so it's the, it's the guy on his right side that you try to force him to go to. And on the other, on the other side, if you're left-footed, then you do the opposite. But at the second half, it was lost, and they didn't put any pressure in anybody. You know, it's pretty obvious to me why that was lost. Uh, Timothy Weah was interviewed by our Sam Borden. He said they didn't have the energy because they spent it all in that first half. You have players like Timothy Weah who are coming from injury. Chris uh, Christian Pulisic, who's not playing regularly, doesn't have those minutes. Sergio Dest coming from injury. Weston McKinney coming from injury. They ran out of steam. So my question to you is, as a coach, you see that you run out of steam. You have to send that message. How soon until you send that message of a change if you see your team is struggling? Because we didn't see it come into the 66th, 67th minute. Yeah, it really felt like Wales took over in the yeah. second half. And, and there was no response almost, right. either from the American right. players or the American sideline. Yeah. I think I, I, uh, I had a, the chance to, to watch one of his uh, interviews. Greg Berhalter. Uh, yes, Mr. Berhalter. And the two things that I took that I, I took out of the, 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 the uh, interview was, A, we didn't come here to just to, to pay a part. We are here to perform. And B, the importance of the five subs mm. because they would keep the starting team fresh. So I was surprised that he didn't use them as, as, as soon as he could do it. Because I will imagine if you have a, a squad of 26 players, you should have some very these options yes. players to 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 either keep the idea or change the idea i, I want to better understand why the game changed so dramatically from the first half to the second half there's obviously a very important substitution yes. that rob page the more. manager of wales makes yep. he takes off daniel james a speed guy an in behind guy and he puts in keeper Moore, who's six foot five like a <laughs> huge target how did that change the game in a way that the Americans then struggled to deal with? Because it felt like a, a very obvious move from Wales. We're going direct. We're going target. Should the Americans have been able to, to figure it out? Why did something so simple trip them up so much? I think uh, since 1863, 1863, when the English uh, start playing... Uh, rule, Codified the rules rule of yes, football. association football, yeah. Right. That was the case. It was very direct, very individual game. And then it wasn't like two years later, the Scottish bring in, brought in the, the passing game. Well, it's still the same. There are ways to play this, this game. And when you need a, a goal, a lot of teams just play direct football. And the aerial part of the game is crucial. Mm. It's crucial. And I think the, the the full backs on the national on the U.S. national team, they are not, they don't have that, and the midfield are very small. They are very good on the ball, very good passing team, and they suffer because then they don't have a central midfielder like Adam that can shield the uh, the center the, the center, center forward, right? And the two center backs, one of them can go and compete, and the cent and the midfielder. Shields in front, and then the second central midfielder just go for the in case they they had a a, a, 
Pain like a flick. A, a, flick, a, a flick, yes. flick on. So I think they suffer with the with the aerial game. Hmm. You know, I, I'm curious, Juan Carlos, uh, Profe, you were a guy that was known for your cambios, your rotations on yeah. the players, and that's used very much today in today's football, especially with these three-game windows that we've seen in World Cup qualifying. But when it came to the two biggest games in the World Cup, you stayed with the same lineups. Yeah. If you're Greg Berhalter, do you stay with the lineup that works so well for 45 minutes? And you're like, okay, I own responsibility. I will be better. They will be better. Or do you try changing something versus England? I will probably change a couple guys. Well, it's a very different opponent, right? I mean, yeah. it almost begs for a different game yeah, plan. Yeah, of course. And I always, I am, I particular, particularly, I like to take in consideration the opposition. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people see the the opposite team as a as a bunch of whatever. But it's a facilitator. It gives me something. If they put a high pressure on me, they give me yeah. the space in behind. If they drop off, they give me the space in front. And I think the key with, with, with substitution is they are nominal subs and structural subs. Mm. And sometimes you have to decide, well, I, I change the structure or I, or I, I just change the, the player for the player, but I keep the idea. So we saw England. Put up six goals. Well, it doesn't seem there like there's a lot of weaknesses. But if Greg Berhalter called you today and he said, Juan Carlos, where's the weakness in England? Where do we attack them? What would you tell him? I would say that with a 4-3-3, the way they're trying to play, you probably match them up. Mm -hmm. Mirror, it, espejo. It, yeah, exactly. And it will be a lot of duels. The thing in the middle, I will play 2-1. So if Mount is the number 10, Sorry, I will have to Sorry, instead of the 1-2 one, that we yes, saw this time. Yeah. So you would change that. I would play 2-1. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So go on, go on. I just because I think that one has to keep a positional uh, space and be around Mount because that's like the, the, the ball out for mm -hmm. the English. The outlet, yeah. the, the outlet for the English team. And the, uh, the, 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 uh, the second... Uh, the second midfielder can go with the midfielder that stays open or gets open. Is it a double contention? Is it a double six there? No, I no? would say okay. that I would play number six and a number eight. Okay. Do you, yeah. do you sit back or do you go at a team that's so dynamic and, no. and, and off the bench gets even more dynamic? Mm -hmm. No, I would think that I would keep like similar to Senegal, a middle block, probably five, ten minutes behind the semicircle. So you still give them enough to come to you. You put pressure in the middle third, and then you can as well just hit them on the break. Mm -hmm. So precaution against England is yeah. kind of what you're preaching. I here. would think so, yes, because yeah. they have certainly one <laughs> of the weapons. strongest squad. You saw the subs. <laughs> Graylish, yeah. Kaman, Falden, Rashford. I mean, it's, they probably start. I don't know. Garrett Southgate has a lot of opportunities there. Mm -hmm. Bad problems, right? Good problems to have if you're a coach, I think is what oh, they yeah, always they say. Are good problems, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. All right, there he is, Profe. Thanks. Always great to have you with us here on Football Americas. I'm always picking up more knowledge. Herc already knows everything about soccer, but, man, I don't know Just anything. about. I'm leaving Just here with well, the Well, compared PhD. to you. <laughs> All right, so El Profe giving us a little history lesson there, going all the way back to 1863. How about a look at U.S. World Cup history after avoiding defeat in their opening game? It's actually pretty good. The U.S., 5-for-5, five five, advancing out of the group 
when they don't lose their first game at the World Cup, as was the case a couple days ago in the 1-1 against Wales. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, time for a meme cap or a memo meme cap uh, after the big penalty save against Robert Lewandowski. We got we got San Memo there uh, represented quite well. Of course, Mexico, a very pious nation. Uh, Angel de la Independencia. You know, whenever Mexico has a big win at the World Cup, vamonos al Angel. Uh, the angel there replaced with Memo Ochoa. More meme action. Herc, you saw this one. Memo making his goats. way to the GQ ad. Look at those goats. Who is that? Memo and two guys playing chess. Memo and two fans. The Pope oh. even finding inspiration in the great San Memo. Okay, perhaps not just inspiration, but salvation. <laughs> what else? Ah, oh, joys to the World Cup, what Mariah carries to Christmas. That is a good one. Except less annoying. That's something I heard. Wow. Not mine. Just Shade the response for Mariah I heard. Carey. And then uh, Lord of the Rings reference here, Herc. Yeah. No, he is that guy, right? He Every four years, guy. he's that guy. You shall not pass. Uh, in this case, the you, Robert Lewandowski. More Mexico news here off the field. The FIFA Disciplinary Committee has opened proceedings against the Mexican FA, FMF obviously, due to chants by Mexican supporters during the Mexico-Poland game. Now what chant exactly, we don't know. It was not in the FIFA release. What we do know is the, the proceedings are opened on the basis of Article 13 of FIFA's Disciplinary Code. Herc. Your thoughts on the latest bit of moral policing, shall we say, from our FIFA overlords? Yeah, I think this is a bit of confusion here on their part. It, it's the equivalent to the YSA chant mm -hmm. that you hear or you did it, hear in MLS. Well, let, let's put it this way. We were not in the stadium, but we had Alexis Nunez reporting on our show the other night. She was there. She said she did not hear the homophobic chant that we right. have talked about throughout the history of the, the show. Yes. She heard a profane chant Pro from right. Mexican fans. Uh, equivalent yes. to your socks have holes. That's one way to say it, yes. Well, that's the yes. chant I heard in Orlando, yeah. but it, it's something similar to that. Uh, in sp what, what I'm trying like? to not get us in trouble here, man. <laughs> that's what they chant in Orlando. Your socks have holes mm -hmm. when they kick off. Okay, It's profane. Uh, this one, yes, sure. Mm -hmm. Profanity. I wouldn't want it around my, my kids because they're, they're young. But is it equivalent to the homophobic chant? No. 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 Do I think anything will come up about it? No. So um, FIFA also opened proceedings against Ecuador. In the release for that one, they said it was about the homophobic chants. But even in the example of Ecuador, when 
you've decided to put a World Cup in a country where homosexuality is illegal. When you're telling your captains that they cannot wear how do you take them seriously? Armbands right? that show solidarity to the LGBTQ plus community. How are you then going to turn around to an FA and find them for their fans doing a homophobic chant? I mean, wh where's the credibility? I mean, it's such a double standard. It's hypocrisy. It's, it's ludicrous. Welcome to FIFA. I guess so. Look where we are. I know. I know. It's just, I mean, it, it feels cheap. And I feel like basically what's come of this World Cup is wherever we go next, there is no moral high ground. There is no moral authority for FIFA. Like, whatever they want to do, in a few years, they might just backpedal on that. And it might change. You mean kind of like now? Yeah. It's a joke. Okay. I mean, it is, isn't it? I mean, it, it is what it is with FIFA. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. They go back on sponsors who spent millions and millions of dollars because they can. Yeah. Because the country can pay for it. Because, sorry, we no. care more about the bottom dollar. Right. It's like, do you really care about the LGBTQ plus community all that much to find Ecuador when you made Belgium take off, I mean, literally the word love on the back of the shirt. When shirts. you put it in this country. Start there. Yes, no, but I mean, but they're so worried about love on the back, which is like the, the smallest, almost pathetic show of solidarity, right? It's hidden. It's hidden. And FIFA wanted Belgium to take that off. Huh? Where we go with FIFA from here, I, I don't really know, but uh, I think from the top down, you know, this organization has to really take a look in the mirror. Time to check in on Twitter, right? Because... Uh, Specifically, the account of Hector Herrera. Okay. Okay. Uh, why the account of Hector Herrera? Because he was tweeting after Mexico's uh, scoreless draw against Poland. And he says, Merecíamos más. We deserve more. Uh, he continues. He's happy with the effort. Now time to focus on our next opponent. We stay focused. Herc, Mexico deserved more. Is there a get lost here for Hector Herrera? Or is he speaking truth? You know Hector Herrera's my man. I he is your man. I can't tell him to get You guys lost. go back how far? Like 15 when he was years? 19. Yeah. Is it 15 years? Yeah, it's not quite 15, but it's been a while. Uh, but the comment, you deserved more, no, you did not deserve more. One would say you were lucky to leave there with the point because you had a penalty kick called against you. Yes, you had the majority, the lion's share of possession, but you were toothless with it. You had no punch. You had a ball that Alexis Vega hit off his shoulder that went about two, three feet wide of the post. And then you had a ball that Edson, from a very vertical angle, hit that Henry Martin flicks and Chesney makes, makes a save on it. That was it. That was it. That was your offense. They had a penalty kick with one of the world's best forwards taking the penalty kick. A and penalty was, kick that many said might should not have been a penalty kick. It was a penalty kick. It was a penalty kick. You thought it was a foul? I thought it was a foul. And I, what's, what's even worse is uh, Hector Moreno is a much better player than that to give that penalty kick away. He's much more See, I think Lewandowski draws the contact first there. At that point, he's the one that, that hits that hits Achache. He literally trips him with his him. knee. Yeah, because he's, because he's falling backwards because he just got hit. Hit the weight room. <laughs> Easy for you to say. No, no, no. I, I'm serious on this one. Hector, I like Hector Moreno. I think he could be a very good center back in different situations. And that's not one of the things that I expect from a center back of his capabilities. If he's going to get beat, I think it's going to get beat with speed, with pace. You know, a combination play where he can't reach the guy. Not because he lunges like that in that moment. It was uncharacteristic of Hector Moreno, who I think uh, had a decent game up until then, honestly. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible for handling Robert Lewandowski. Deserved is kind of generally stupid in soccer, right? But, but if anybody deserves something from a result, you'd say Canada deserves something from, from their game against Belgium, right? Yes. They did enough. 
to feel like, man, like luck just wasn't you on know, our side we, today. We we share a set, and I should say there there are a bunch of sets yeah. around here with a bunch of Argentine press. Yes, ex, they're literally right next door yeah, to us. Ex yeah, ex-footballers. Mm -hmm. Crespo, Cunagüero, you know, Diego Latorre, Zabaleta, Zabaleta mm -hmm. these type of ex-footballers. Oscar Ruggeri, thank you, Professor Beto. Professor Beto, le iba a decir. Ahora, no, sí, es profe. Professor Beto. <laughs> this type of player. No respect. And when they talk, oh, es que va a ser difícil el juego contra México. This is going to be a tough game against Mexico. All right, what did Mexico show you that you're worried about? Yeah. No, they're not worried about Mexico. They're, they're worried, worried about, about themselves. themselves. Yeah. 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 Because they can't tell you why they're worried about Mexico from watching Poland, that Poland game. Because, yeah, okay, they had majority of the ball, but what did you do with that? That's why Merecimos Mas is, is not quite accurate. Yeah, I didn't like this for a couple reasons because Mexico didn't do enough specifically in the final third, right? If you're not dangerous, I don't really think you can, like, ask and say that, that this is something, you know, that, that you deserved. The other thing is I don't want that in the locker room. I don't want Mexico coming out of that game somehow feeling like we played well enough, we were good enough, that was enough. There needs to be more. Yeah. And, and I hope that not just Hector Herrera, but the rest of the team, Tata Martino, everybody kind of feels that urgency. If you thought, that, urgency, was, that's if a key you thought word. that was good enough, it's not going to be good enough, not for the upcoming games, uh, that's for sure. All right, let's take a look at some of the uh, statistics for this Mexican national team, who, again, are trying to get through the group phase for an eighth straight tournament. Well, I guess on possession, maybe Acha Acha has a point, but... If you go on expected goals, Poland had more, but expected goals off open play, neither really did anything, uh, let's be honest. So probably at the end of the day, Herc, a scoreless draw, a fair and deserved Zero result. Zero goals in the last three World Cup matches. Both. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't. All right, wow. mi querido Hercules, it is time now to check the mentions. Love getting questions from folks off of Twitter. We can address here on Football Americas. This is from Anna. Uh, what are your thoughts on Germany's protest before facing Japan? For those that didn't see this, the German players in their traditional starting 11 picture on the field covered their mouths uh, in an act of protest against FIFA's decision not to allow them to wear the One Love armband. Your thoughts? It's pretty much what we just mentioned about the hypocrisy from FIFA. You're going to silence these players while being in a country that you chose because of the bottom dollar. Mm -hmm. However that process was done, everybody knows how it was done, and you're here, and you told them they would be allowed to express themselves, and now you're handcuffing them in that way. No, no, you're muzzling them yeah. in that way. It's a start. You know, I wish there could be more. I wish there was more that could be done, yeah. honestly. But taking away the armbands, risking the yellow card, all these different things, it's, it's, they're muzzling these players. So the German FA released a statement saying that denying us the one love armband is the same as denying us uh, voice. I feel again here, obviously for um, those in the LGBTQ community who surely are being kind of re-traumatized by all this being brought up again, um, obviously that's the most important. I think beyond that, I feel for the players. Like, yeah. and, and here's why. Uh, we're seeing players, athletes, in the moment of like the culminating, coronating moment of their career, having to make political stands, having to make stands on human rights. Uh, it's not just Germany who do it right before the game. We also saw it from Iran, right? Remember, yeah. they, they don't sing the, the national, national anthem. anthem. And look at both of those teams, right? Both of those teams who take a, a stand before the game end up losing. 
we're surprised to see Germany lose. Say what you will about Iran. We were surprised to see them ship six against yeah. England. And I wonder if when you're, when you're having to do this right before the game, if that could be a factor that impacts you uh, and your focus on what is actually coming in the moment that is the most important of your career. And that's why I feel bad for these players. I feel terrible for these players because they're being seen as scapegoats if you don't do it. If you just concentrate on the game, if you don't want to risk a yellow card, if you don't take a stand. The onus should be on FIFA and these FAs uh, for holding a tournament in a country like Qatar. All right, next question on Check the Mentions. Let's see who the lucky one was. I think this has to do with CONCACAF, yes? Rank CONCACAF team's performances after the first set of group stage matches. Um, all right, we've seen everybody once, Herc. Uh, Canada won. Mm -hmm. um, I would go United States men's national team 2A. Really? Mexico 2B. And then Costa Rica. Yeah, because they... How? Because uh, because of the first half, you you saw a ceiling. Like, you've not seen a ceiling with Mexico. Mexico still look... Uh, you know what I mean? Okay. They, they, they've not shown you the they can win The best that we game. saw from the U.S. In that game, in a was game. Was better than the best that we saw from Mexico. Yes. That's that's where you're going yeah. with the tiebreaker. But the result was the same. Yeah. So if I had to choose, I'd go 2A, U.S., 2B, Mexico. It's funny, like... like the team that looked the best is pretty obvious, Correct. Canada, yeah. even though they lost. Even though they the lost. team that looked the worst is obvious, Costa Rica, no doubt about that. Would you agree with my assessment? I would actually put Mexico ahead of the U.S. Hmm. Interesting. So here's why. Okay. You yourself said that Poland was a better team than Wales, right? So against better competition, Mexico— Who played better, Poland or Wales? I mean, doesn't that some who of that happen? Yes, well, but some of that who, comes down right, to the opponent, who showed, who right? Who, who I give Mexico credit for making Poland look more? back. So in the first half, <laughs> when you put it that way, yeah, no. But yeah. what? But what I would say looked worse is Mexico never looked as out of control as Wales did. So you're you're going off. You're saying the except US, except for the penalty kick. You're that, saying the U.S.'s ceiling. Poland drew. You're saying the U.S.'s ceiling was better than Mexico's ceiling. Right. I will agree with you there. Okay. I thought the U.S. basement looked much worse and okay. much more vulnerable so, than Mexico's basement against better competition. So I would put Mexico then above the United States again. Like you're putting it two A two B. For me, it's kind of inconsequential okay. there. It's it's. Very fine margins. I would give Mexico the edge. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. All right, uh, our last question here on Check the Mentions, and it's looking ahead to the United States against England, Herc. Who are you going with for your front three against the three Lions for the red, white, and blue? One, two, three, I am going for the front three? The front three. The front three is in my... Question. Well, that's the <laughs> question from Natum's interior decorator, a big fan of ESPN and yeah, FC and Football I, Americas. I go for the same front three. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the midfield three that I'm worried about. Okay, what are you doing there? <sighs> Gio Reyna in there, baby. Gio Reyna in there. Okay, from the start. If he's healthy, get Gio Reyna in there. I'm surprised you didn't go with Luca De La Torre, especially since we have quite a big bet riding on that. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll What was it, like game. six months ago? You said 99.99% he would start yeah, a game. Yeah, and what's going to happen Cup? when he starts this game? You're going to buy me my shoes here in Qatar? Hey, a bet's a bet, man. Qatar, I'm a, these shoes in Qatar. If nothing, I'm cheap. a man of honor. They, <laughs> <laughs> what, you, you can't even respond with a straight face to that? Uh, honor, honor our schedule and show up on time is what I want uh, Okay. To do. Okay. That's a low blow. That's a low blow. We'll explain that low blow on uh, tomorrow's edition yeah. of Football Americas. All right. That's it. Third edition of the show. We will be back tomorrow, which is, of course, 
Thanksgiving. We Let have me read so... this. Oh, what is it? What do you got? It was just Herdman. Ooh, that, yeah, but yeah, it's what are John Herdman. What he just said, he says, I just told them they belong here. We're going to go and F Croatia next. It's as simple as that. Ooh, John Herdman's ready. Uh, we're ready for tomorrow as well. It's full preview of United States against England. We're going to have Demarcus Beasley stop by. We're going to talk to Mark Ogden as well. 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN+. Plus. We'll see you then. From all of us here in Qatar to all of you back home, have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving.